Ugh, I love this movie. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen this movie? <laughs> I'm Ben Farmer, and I am a cinephile. <laughs> I'm Carver, and I'm a cine-newbie. We watch all kinds of movies, new and old. And we let you know if you should watch them, too. Welcome if, back. We, what would we emphasize all the wrong words in that? I'm a cine-newbie, and we should we let we... you know if you should watch them, too. <laughs> it sounds like a question. Yeah. Watch them too. I mean, it's true. Maybe some of these these movies. Maybe hashtag high strung free dance. Uh, Hashtag uh, which everyone should watch. (laughs) Everyone should watch. You've had two weeks to watch it. That's not a question mark. If you haven't at all, you need to stop. Total side note. Well, not total side note, but one of our uh, dear dear listeners, Evan, and his lovely new bride, Micah. Mm. They listen to our show quite a bit. Yes. And uh, and I said like, yeah, I was asking if Micah listen to the show because they just recently eloped and mm. we have a fun surprise for them towards the, the end of the show. There are elopes happening. I've seen three elopements this year, you which I am here for it. People are getting it done in 2020. I am here for it. Like, this is the year of just uh, not batting down the hatches, but like... No, but... Just getting shit done, Do I what think. you need to do for you. But do what you need to do like now. Yeah. Because... Who knows what the world's going to look like next year or the year after. Right. Also, speaking of which, if you're not registered to vote... Please fucking register to vote. Just, well, you might be... It might be too late, depending on where you live. If if you can, I want to say October 9th may have been, like, the final I think it might have been, a yeah. a lot of places, but it never hurts to check. There are other places that's, like, October 13th. And it varies from state to state, I yeah. believe. So uh, just Google vote and then the name of your state. And I imagine you can find a lot of very helpful information. Even if you're already registered, it never hurts to double check. Yes. Just to make sure all of the... T- are dotted and the eyes are crossed. And I tell you what, if you uh, are registered to vote and once you go on ahead and, and place that that vote in and put your ballot in, no matter who wins, Joe Biden, um, no matter who wins, uh, if you take a picture of you with your I voted sticker and then tag So I Married a Cinephile on Instagram or Twitter, we will enter you into a drawing for a free merch for a free merch, a free it merch sounds like item. You're going to send them a back scratch for of your choice. So we have a so I married a cinephile <laughs> Teespring store yes, that has <laughs> lots of different really Which fun I items. I feel like we have failed to promote. We absolutely have. <laughs> I put all this work into making them, and I'm like, cool, it's done. And like I just forgot did, about and it. forgot about it. Like, oh yeah, we have so voting's important. Um, it is. But before I was saying that, so Micah and Evan listened to our show quite a bit. And they use this phrase, too much tarragon, which apparently we said, I don't remember what don't episode remember we used too much tarragon, and but they use it, you... like, if they drop a pan, they're like, ah, too much tarragon. Or <laughs> and, like... And if, I don't think I said it. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I like, vaguely it remember like... it being said, but I don't remember what it was in context to or who said it. Hmm. But that's, you know, I think that's a sign of fame if we're like, people know us for this and we hey, don't we know got, what it is. We got a catchphrase. Now we have to get on our Teespring store and make too much tarragon swag. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Um, a button that just says hashtag too much tarragon. I'm just happy people are listening and getting something out of it. I know, that's me right. too. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even care. How are you doing, Megan? I'm okay. Yeah. I If you can't tell, I'm, I'm a bit stuffed up today. I am too. My allergies are a little funky. Yes. My allergies are really, 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 really bad. And, uh, we're going to pause right here. So while we're paused, uh, Ben is busily getting Rocket's eye treatment stuff. His eye goop. His eye goop. Uh, Rocket went AWOL, though, and um, he's somewhere in the living room. Ben is going to get him. Got him. Okay. Do you have his cone? Great. I'm just, I'm more saying, I know you do, I'm more saying that in case we use this footage, or I guess audio, it's not footage, because people can't see me, but. And we're back. And we're back. (laughs) So, allergies suck. Allergies suck and are really frustrating, and it sounds like I have a cold, but I don't. I just have really horrible allergies. Uh, and somehow or another, I also managed to pull a muscle in my armpit. 
<laughs> it really hurts. Yeah. I don't know what I did. I'm assuming it was some some kind of arm exercise workout thing that I just got way too enthusiastic about. Mm. So, um, so I'm good. Definitely uh, feeling a little under the weather for little random reasons. Really glad though that Rocket is finally feeling better. Me too. Yeah. The uh, the last couple of weeks, um, as you guys may remember. Yeah, September twentieth is when it started. It's been a little bit tumultuous. Yeah, he's had this thing going on with his eyes, and I think we were able to pin down what it was ultimately. Yeah. But we had to take him to the emergency vet on our anniversary, and then we had to take him on the day two weeks later. Yep. So it'll be a week tomorrow that he has had. No vet emergency room visits, but he's also been on a lot of great medication. He's doing so much better. Yeah, before he could barely open he his could barely eyes. Open his eyes, and now he is all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Uh, we I think went he's... chasing turkeys on yeah. our walk. Yeah. So yeah, he's back to what I assume to be a hundred percent, but he is wearing a cone the size of a megaphone. Yes. So if there's a bit of an echo chamber, that's it's coming just from him. The sound bouncing out of his cone. It's like what the the people the guys hold up at the football games to like catch all the sound. Yeah. That's, that's what exactly he looks like. Exactly what it is. <laughs> It is a giant. Good boy. It is, it is three times the size. It looks of good on you. It does. <laughs> it, you're making it come back. You're making the Elizabethan collar come back. Yeah, man. So I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm glad. Uh, I am also glad that our dog is feeling better. Um, I want to say the last three weeks have been a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah. Not just with us and what's been happening with our pet, but also nationally. I just want to remind. Our listeners, that in the last three weeks, the Bob Woodward book and tapes were released, revealing Trump's playing down the coronavirus in February. The New York Times released an expose into his taxes and the fact that we paid seven times the amount of taxes that he paid in 2016 and 2017. And then Trump got coronavirus. The president got COVID. And that has just been the last three weeks. Right. So I feel like it is a big deal when the president, the arguably the most powerful man in the world, the leader of the free world, is sick with a life-threatening illness. Um, I'm glad that he has a team of six doctors who can stab him with steroids and make him feel like he did when Although, he was 54. it would be great if he fucking recognized that that's what it was versus saying, oh, well, you shouldn't worry about it because right. everybody basically has access to this. No. And then he was saying like, oh, I, I didn't go to the hospital for COVID. I just didn't feel strong that day. And then when I showed up, it turns out that I had COVID and what a fucking idiot. But yes. anyway, it's been stressful just on a national level. I feel yeah. the fact that unfortunately COVID is making a resurgence in New York City. That's really hard. Uh, the Midwest uh, is getting hit really hard with it. We just found out Broadway <laughs> is confirmed to stay closed until May of 2021. Yeah, Broadway theaters will be closed at least through the middle of next year so um again this is uh this has gone on for a lot longer than people want and will be here for a lot longer than we would like yeah. so it's that's been really tough um and it makes you kind of long for for the old days <laughs> and maybe just maybe if it, if it it really wants you to it it, it, it really makes well, you want to what it, it makes you want to kind of make it make a change in scenery there you kinda, go kinda get away from it all go to some place that's maybe a little bit simpler maybe some place that you know Work. focuses on honor and tradition possibly a little too much and people listen to each other well well kind of and voices change at any rate we, we watched the Karate, Karate Kid, Kid 2. Part 2. Wait, we said two different we movie very titles. Much did. Is it Karate Kid 2 or is it The Karate Kid Part 2? It's The Karate Kid Part 2. Okay. So it's, it's still like the, the Karate Godfather Kid Part 2. Oh. Well that okay. Right. All right. Do we want to do that again? No, I'm great with it. We Just watched like, No, I'm good the with it. Karate Kid. The Karate Kid two, 2. Parts. Of a part. 3. Of a three part. I, now I want to watch the third one. <laughs> Just because of what you said. <laughs> oh, Johnny. That. Johnny, I like that. I want to. <laughs> 
I want to. I want to see what I that showed Megan one minute, one minute of the Karate Kid Part Three, and she's like, "What the fuck is this movie?" I don't understand, and I want to know. The other day when you took Aunt Elizabeth to the airport, I almost put it on, and I'm like, "No, oh, I feel like so Ben wants to be here for so that." So we should preface this by saying we've we barreled through the first two seasons of Cobra Kai Jesus. on Netflix in like a week. And the reason I did is because I I want to give a shout out to Red Letter Media. For, for making a video uh, promoting Cobra Kai because they were like, yeah, I, I didn't really have anything to do, so I put this on because I heard things about it. It was on YouTube, but now it's on Netflix because Netflix bought the rights and is now going to release season three Producing in January. It, yeah. um, so I wanted to see what it was all about, and so I followed their advice, and they're like, yeah, it's it's a it's a nostalgic show that doesn't completely suck. Like, it's, right. th- there's actually some pretty good writing. Yeah. It's like the Disney Channel, if, if it if it were like tailored to 15 year olds yes. I think but also for adults who were alive in the early to mid 80s there's a lot of callbacks a lot of callbacks and that's kind of one of my I, I grind my gears a little bit at Cobra Kai because some of these callbacks these millennials a would little... not get oh, they just okay. wouldn't get like... I thought you were going to say they were too obvious <clears throat> it's like okay I'm not an idiot I can tell you're trying to pull on my heartstrings. no no I mean they're, they're very obvious but at the same time like they're referencing things like they themselves wouldn't understand. Well, oh yeah, you for know? The, especially like, for the '80s night. The episode. '80s night where they go to the 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 roller rink, which made me really nostalgia for roller rinks. Yes, but like one of them's dressed up as James Spader. And I they think kept from... on like if they kept on saying actor names, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, just say like like Susie from Breakfast at Tiffany's, or like I don't know, I'm just making shit up. <laughs> There's no Susie at Breakfast Club? at Tiffany's. Yes, I mean is Breakfast Club. This is that right there is Megan. Carver in a nutshell <laughs> when it comes to movies. Oh yeah, Molly Ringwald and Breakfast of at Tiffany's. Of course. Duh. Molly, no, I need to be like Mary Ringding. And- so we, we had, I think our, we went through like seven episodes in one, in one sitting, I think. And at first I was like, do we really need it? Cause I didn't like Karate Kid and I was like, why are we watching? I don't want to watch this. And then I slowly got sucked Yeah, because in. Cobra Kai, and this isn't necessarily like a promo for Cobra Kai, but, but I do credit the writers and producers for focusing on what happened to Johnny Lawrence. Like what happened to the guy who lost the tournament? Yeah. And it it has this weird like peaked in high school vibe to it where yeah, Johnny fallen like from grace. fallen from grace. He lost this tournament his senior year, and then he like like his life just took like a serious left turn. Well, and too like it's it's not even just that. It's like his life took a left turn because he let it because he right he basically thought to himself, I achieved everything that I was ever going to achieve in high school. I messed up and I lost. So therefore, there's nothing better for me. Like, I just have this, like, horrible existence until I die. While Daniel LaRusso is, like, uber successful, he's got all these car dealerships, and he's, like, the king of Encino or Fresno or wherever the fuck they are. Right. So, Um, but, like, and the other thing, too, that I did want to say about, because we will talk about Karate Kid, too, but the other thing I wanted to say about Cobra Kai is towards the beginning, and I actually kind of love it now that it's, like, further in, towards the beginning, Ralph Macchio and, uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, William Zapka? William Zapka. So, Billy Zapka and Ralph Macchio are not very good actors at the start. I think start. Ralph Macchio at is. the start. I, I think, think Zapka is too. I think they're really good. I think some of the stuff that they deliver is really panned. Sure. It's like it's like, "Hey, stop it." Like I'm like, "Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into the moment here." Like it takes them a couple of episodes to like sure. brush off As the with dust. Any first season of any show. Right. And yeah. it's like and and then by the end, the fucking season 2 finale. Oh man. Like School what <laughs> the shit was that? Like yeah. we won't give anything away, but I I remember specifically the elevator scene. Hashtag #school fight. Yeah. There was nothing said. It was so great. And there was so much said. at the same time and it's like that compared to the first two episodes just hang tough if you think their acting is not up to snuff because it irons out they're getting themselves back the show gets better there's some there's some more callbacks to the original movies although his kids drive me nuts Ralph Macchio's kids both of them his son specifically his daughter yeah she's I don't uh, 
the son specifically is like he's overweight and all he does is play video games. Well, and, and it's bitch. like there's That's no interesting. It's not like he has any purpose. He has he's no art. Just, no, he's he's, he's, he's he just doing. He comes anything. in every once in a while to say something sassy and then walk off and then with his, his. He's like yelling at his dad to make him like blueberry pancakes and shit, and he's just playing his. Uh, we should mention that this uh, Cobra Kai was produced by Sony, so there are Sony products everywhere. But this kid, is as just well as Coors, yes, and Coors Light must have paid out the butt for this. Oh my like, god. It, there, there's so much like Coors. Uh, like could we just get like a montage of people saying Coors yeah. and then images of Coors? At any rate. At any rate. The Karate Kid Part 2. Because I was like okay now I want to see the other stuff that they kept throwing back to right. in Cobra Kai. Right because there are a lot of references in Cobra Kai to not only number 2 but number 3 yes. as well. And we have a Karate Kid 1. We have something to go back and I have to correct something that I said from I'm the so original glad. episode. That's very big of you. It is very big of I me. have to ask right out of the gate. Oh. Did this change your attitude towards the first Karate Kid? A little bit. Because in my opinion, like The Godfather Part 1 and 2, these movies are meant to be watched back to back. Ah, uh, okay. I will say it did change my opinion a little bit on okay. the first one. Okay. I thought the second one was a more interesting movie. I agree. I would absolutely agree. In terms of plot, though, I thought that the plot, even though I don't love the plot of Karate Kid 1, because I feel like it can kind of be all over the place, I thought the plot was, it clipped along better in the first one. Okay. Okay. I feel like the second one, there were just so many interrupting cow moments, which we'll get to, (laughs) that I'm like, okay, we're at least, we could have clipped (laughs) off a half an hour if we didn't just have these random people. And and, and this this movie, I think, is 20 minutes longer than the first. Oh, okay. Um, See, it didn't need to be... Th- yeah, we, we so. could have. So, uh, directed by John G. Albinson, who directed the first movie. He That's also, again, directed about. Rocky. Yep. Uh, written by uh, Robert Mark Kamen was the only writer on this movie. So maybe that's why, maybe that's a big reason why it works. See? Um, Starring, of course, Pat Morita as Mr. Miyagi. Ralph Macchio returns as Daniel LaRusso. Yep. Uh, We get Martin Cove back briefly as John Kreese. And uh, we get William Zabka back as Johnny Lawrence. Uh, Yes. But that's at the beginning of the movie. Right. Plot breakdown per IMDb. Daniel LaRusso accompanies his mentor, Mr. Miyagi, to Miyagi's childhood home in Okinawa. Miyagi visits his dying father and confronts his old rival. While Daniel falls in love and inadvertently makes a new rival of his own. Well, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know about falls in love, but. He falls in love with, uh, I don't uh, know about Kimiko. falls in love. I think they like each other. I don't know if it's like, oh my God, I'm in love. We should say that Elizabeth Shue dumped him for a football player who goes to UCLA. Right. So sometimes you just need, uh, need, uh. Need a little bit of strange? A little, I mean, not a little bit of strange. Uh, a, a change of scenery. Okay. In more ways than one. In more ways than one. <laughs> Uh, you know. So, okay. And then in terms of, like, what we're seeing for the plot. Uh So, I mean, effectively what this is, is that, yes. So, Elizabeth Shue says. (laughs) We open the movie with, like, Elizabeth Elizabeth Shue Shue breaks up with Elizabeth Shue is a bitch. (laughs) Let's just. Because we. Oh, she, she's referenced so much in Cobra Kai as she well. Is. Like, she's like this weird sort of purveying presence she is. that hangs she's over both Daniel and, like, and Johnny. Lawrence. Ghost of Christmas I'm present like, wow, that's Elizabeth always is like, there. We're always talking about her in Cobra Kai. Always. Well, Johnny specifically <laughs> yeah. is always He's talking like, about oh, her. Allie, like, oh, my. stole Allie from me. Allie, she was my gal. Not only was it an illegal kick, he stole Allie from me. And also, too, when he talks about how they, when they were together, he's like, we fought all the fucking time, but I still loved her. And I I thought we'd just figure shit out, but then she went for this guy, and it's all ruined. <laughs> it's all ruined, man. It's all ruined. But, um, so we go to... We, we actually start the movie with a few flashbacks. We do. Bridging well, the two movies together. Yes, and then also to the little semen that they had with Crease uh, and Johnny. Yeah, where after the tournament. This happens right after the tournament is Which, done. there were so many parents around there. Why did no one else except this little Muppet of a man... <laughs> Try to stop this massive dude from like killing a One kid. Of the yeah, yeah. Like so, what the fuck? Crease yeah, is all pissed off at Johnny because he lost the fight, and Crease is like, "You're nothing. You're, You're a loser. loser. You're always gonna be a loser." And uh, Johnny's like, "Don't talk to me that way, Coach." <laughs> coach is like, "I'll talk to you whatever way I want. I was in Vietnam. I've seen some shit, man." And then just puts him in a chokehold. Yeah, he puts him in like... a chokehold, and Daniel's like, "Uh, Crease is killing Johnny. We should do something." <laughs> 
And Miyagi, like, who's half Kreese's height, like, yeah. Miyagi, like, saunters and like, hey, stop that. I know. You should not do that to Please. your students. Someone And then Kreese the is like, oh, you want some old man? And then <laughs> Kreese ends up, he's so uh, roid rage, and yes. he, he, ends, he ends up punching out two car windows. Right, because Miyagi stands in front of the windows, right. so when and he goes to punch and dodges at the last so second. So both of his hands are bleeding, Miyagi, like, trips him up and is about to, he, Miyagi's about to kill him. Like, he's Literally. about to chop his he head off. The ability to like, like kill him. And Miyagi's like, "Oh, mercy's for the weak, right? Anyone who's your any opponent you have is your enemy. Like we, we, we don't end this until one of one of us is is dead." And Miyagi honks his nose. Yeah, he instead it goes "Ah!" honk. Just (laughs) just lets nose and then lets him fall over. So Crease again like goes into a drunken seclusion. We we come back to him in Karate Kid Part Three. I know, which I'm I cannot wait for that dumpster fire of a. Crease is out uh, of the picture, and so is Johnny. Like Johnny kind of walks away in defeat with right with the remains of his second place trophy. So then (laughs) we cut to like I think it was like six months later. Yeah, so we're in the summertime now. And that's when Elizabeth shoes a bitch, and <laughs> and she we, she like wrecks his car too. Yeah, Elizabeth, uh, on prom night, so they both go to senior prom together. Right, Elizabeth shoe like wrecks Daniel's car, and she's like, "Oh, by the way, I'm leaving you for some football player at UCLA." I mean, the only other time I've seen that kind of savagery is in High Strung when he showed up. He took her to this party. and was like, "By the way, the woman up there dancing is replacing by you." By the, the way, Kayla Jordan. <laughs> Is replacing you in the show. That was Elizabeth Shoe level cruelty. <laughs> it really so was. he's like, yeah, and my mom like got this job in Fresno, in Fresno or something, and yeah. so we have to, to we have to move, and I don't want to, but we have to. So then Miyagi is like working on his backyard or he's something, like, and he's building a new room. He's building right. an add on to his. House. So he eventually, a little bit later, is like, well, I'm actually building it for a refugee that's coming here. He's like, oh my god, where's <laughs> the refugee from? He's like, a refugee from Fresno, and he's like, what? Which I love that. That was so cute. Um, And he's like, I already talked to your mom. Like, if you want to stay here, you're welcome to stay here. And he's like, oh my God, I'd love to. Then the super presumptuous postman. This postman who's like on an episode of Mr. Rogers, like he just hangs out. Well, he's like, like he, it's a like he's an old family friend of Mr. Rogers and Seinfeld. Yeah, where it's like he comes in, he's like did did it, but then he also like he's like, oh wow, your your backyard is really pretty. Can I bring, Can my, I bring wife my wife, to wife look around at it? to like pick flowers? He's <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here! And he's like, he's holding out this letter. He's like, you got a letter from Okinawa? And I'm like, stop reading my mail, you fucking asshole! Get out of here! The postal service is in danger. <laughs> you need to be looking out for people's ballots. Fuck off. Get the fuck. I'm going to get my hose. And if you're not off my property in 30 seconds, I'm going to spray it with my fucking hose. <laughs> so yeah, a letter from Okinawa. Can I bring my wife around to look at your backyard? Get the fuck out of my yard. <laughs> I would have shot you already, man. <laughs> God bless the postal service. You guys do great. So, uh, so there's this letter from Okinawa <laughs> saying, "Hey, your dad's like fucking dying. You need to get out here." But the letter came from Miyagi's former love, this yes. woman that he essentially left behind, and we get this. I should preface this by saying this is Pat Morita's movie. This the yes. first one was Daniel's story. This is like Mr. Miyagi's backstory. And that's yeah. just another reason I love this movie so much. And I think it's not superior to the first one, but it also just kind of lifts the material and, and the way Cobra Kai focuses on Johnny. This movie focuses on Miyagi's right. story and right. his history. And like you see a glimpse of that in the first one too. Like specifically yeah, not... when Pat Morita has like the drunken moment, which is so heartbreaking. Yeah, like oh my that God. whole thing. So that like g- gives you a glimpse into what we're going to see in this yeah, movie. Yeah. But no, so he, so she says like, hey, your father is dying. You need to come and, you know, either say goodbye or hope he gets better. Yeah. Like, as it uh, turns out, Miyagi left Okinawa because he was in love with this woman. But his friend, yeah, his best Sato, friend, his best friend, Sato, who uh, both Sato and Miyagi were trained by their father in karate. So they're, they're like blood brothers. By, sorry, not their father. They're not brothers. No, they're blood brothers. But Miyagi's father taught them both. Right. Miyagi. That's okay. no karate. Right. That was the part I wasn't sure about. So not only are they best friends, they like grew up together and they have the same discipline and taught the same thing, but right. they're both in love with the same woman. Yes. Does he try to like elope with her or something? No. Well, what happens is, is that <laughs> they have Sato and she, I can't remember her name, but uh, she, they have an arranged marriage. Right. And so that's a whole thing where it's like, if they have an arranged marriage, like you honor that, that is not for you to mess with. Right. Um, so he makes this big announcement saying, I'm in love with her. 
I love her and I don't want her to get married. We're in love. Right. In doing so, that is a huge smudge on Sato's honor. Yes. And a huge disrespect to say, hey, I don't care if you have this stuff arranged. Like, I want what I want and I want her because I love her. Mm -hmm. So then instead of eloping, though instead of trying to leave, then he knows that he's stuck between a rock and a hard place because he can't marry her since they're arranged, but he also can't stay because he's basically totally destroyed his life because he's also uh, put a big stain on his honor, as it were. Honor comes up a lot in this movie. Yes. So he leaves Mm -hmm. and escapes to the United States. So Miyagi escapes the United States, settles in Los Angeles. Which I love how we get all this information. It's so fucking simple. Yeah. He's packing a suitcase and then uh, Daniel is just asking questions. Yeah. He's like, so you loved her? Yeah. So you left? We get a lot of information in a very organic way. It was totally natural. It was, it didn't feel expositional. It, it was very natural. So now Miyagi is, has chosen to go back to Okinawa to say goodbye to his dad. And there's the possibility that he's going to see Yuki and confront Sato. Hopefully none of that happens. But long story short, Daniel can't move in with him now. He has to go to Fresno. Um, So Miyagi gets his plane tickets. He's about to board the plane. Mm -hmm. And then Daniel runs down. uh, I know what you're talking about. I don't know the word for it. The way, I guess. Yeah. And he's like, "Uh, Mr. Miyagi, I got a ticket. I can come with you. Jeez, oh, you know, and Miyagi's like, I don't know, it's not a very good idea. That is stuff. like also too. That happens throughout this entire movie, at least three different times. Miyagi's like, ah, I don't know. He's like, please, oh, I don't think so. Please, oh, well, all right. Again, like now, Daniel's kind of like the fish out of water. Like he's he's going now to this foreign country. He goes with Miyagi to Okinawa. He's reading this book on Okinawan history, right? Um, and that's another great part of this movie is that it really dives into Japanese culture. Yeah, and in I a think lot of really great ways. It honors to where like karate <laughs> comes from and why. Why? Why? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's the big thing, too. It's not just like, oh, let's go find out about, like, what happened to Pat Morita's dad. Like, it's like there's a bunch (laughs) of stuff that we're learning about the culture, which I love. So we get there and uh, Miyagi sees Yuki for the first time in, what, 50 years. Yeah. So there's a lot of history happening with nothing said. He sees his father who's, like, on his deathbed. So he's there. Uh, But before that, we should say at the airport, they're greeted by uh, the Japanese version of Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. I mean, this guy with like the weirdest fucking smile and the most intense handshake. He's, he's a long, like, I don't know. I, I think it was like a, a ballet dancer or, an, or an, something. Or he did like rings in the Olympics or something. Yeah, like, he's this guy's huge. Just... And huge is in like, he got stretched too much as a kid. Like they pulled too hard <laughs> when they were getting him out of the birth canal and he stretched on his way out. So he's there to like greet them and say, oh, I have a car for you. We're going to take you to go see your father. And as it turns out, this guy is Sato's apprentice. Right. Sato is like the owner it's his, of uh, all nephew. of... Yeah, his nephew. Yeah. And Sato is now like the owner of Miyagi's town. Yeah. I don't know if he owns like most of the He's island. He's basically but he like Okinawa Trump. He's Okinawa Trump. And like there there are pictures of him everywhere. Sato has his own dojo where he's like breaking this tree log in half. Which I love that that's <laughs> replicated in Cobra Kai. Yes, very much. So much. Yeah. So there's a lot of references that you see in this movie there. Like, oh, I get it. The Cobra Kai. So uh, then... So yeah, so then he gets picked up and then dropped off at one of Sato's warehouses and yeah. Sato shows up and is like, it was like, again, it was like a big WWF fighter yeah. challenging a Muppet to be like, okay, well, you're here. Now I can finally get well, my honor back. You. And, and Miyagi's like, like nah, I'm not going to fight you, man. I'm here to like see my dad. He's like, and, and that's another thing too. They're always like, you will fight me yeah, now. Sato, Sato's voice like, changes from like from the beginning to the end of this And he's like, he's like, you will fight me now. And he's like, I'm not going to fight you. He's like, okay, go okay. see your dad. But then we fight then and we then fight. it happens again. And later on, he's like, I will fight you now. And the dad's like, four different like times. okay, you have a couple four days. Four different times, I it's think this happens. so insane. So then I actually, at that point, thought I was like, wait a minute. Is Pat Morita's, is, uh, is his... Mr. Miyagi's dad even dying? Yeah. I thought it was just a ploy at oh, first. Oh, I thought it was just a to ploy. To like get him back? To get him back. Oh, I see. I also love, too, that they just leave him at the fucking warehouse. <laughs> and it's like they're in the middle of nowhere. It's like, okay, well, you're not going to fight me. Bye. It's Bye. just like, you're in a warehouse? Like, what they the like fuck? Throw, gonna... They, like, throw his suitcases and his book and all this kind of shit. So oh my God. It's like the schoolyard fight. So they catch a cab. They go to Mr. Miyagi's hometown. Ugh. Miyagi starts giving Daniel kind of a history of, of, of his town. Like it was held up by this cannery business and then that 
went under and then Miyagi and his family found a way to keep the island alive essentially was through uh, crops and through uh, vegetation right. and stuff like that. Farming. So, so growing their own. Agriculture, yeah. yeah Aggie stuff. Aggie. Aggie. 4-H. <laughs> <laughs> the Japanese version of 4-H. Um, so Sato's still like hot to trot on this whole honor thing. Daniel uh, sees uh, a young girl, Kimiko, who I think is Yuki's Which, niece or something. Yeah. I, I have to stop. Just, I have to stop for a moment. What? What's her name? Kamiko. Kamiko. Okay. Yes. Her hair. Her hair. <laughs> it is constantly in in a in a bun, but so it's, here's the it's thing. like a messy bun. It's not a messy bun. It. I mean, it is messy. I have it's a messy bun right in her now. Face. And here's why: is because she takes the hair from the right side, pulls it up and around the front of her scalp, and then puts it into a bun. So of course, <laughs> strands of hair are gonna fall down into your face the whole time. It just looks like this, like little wisps of black <laughs> spider webs are falling in her face, and I'm like, get your hair out of your face. We can't see you. That's so distracting. I remember even seeing a picture of Karate Kid 2 and seeing her and being like, why does she have her hair in her face? Like even before I saw this movie. So it is at any a little rate, distracting. It's a little distracting. It's but, very distracting. But she and Daniel are kind of like eyeing each other and there's like some mutual attraction. Right. Uh, the next day, Miyagi uh, takes Daniel kind of on, on this tour of the island, but he also takes him to the cannery where they sort of like continue their training. Yes. In a way where Miyagi shows him some new moves, like the secret to Miyagi-Do karate is the, the is, little is drum the, the guy. Drum, the drum block Which or whatever. I want to talk about that later on. Do you? I do very much <laughs> Especially so. Especially the very end. That's what I'm talking about, the very end. Where everyone gets a drum. Yes. On All of a sudden, out of nowhere. Okay, we can't get go. into it yet. Can't get into it yet. <laughs> you just see a PA <laughs> running Welcome. through. Welcome. All right. So Daniel's continuing his training. Miyagi introduces him not only to the town, but to Miyagi's home. Yes. Dojo. Yes. Uh, And so we're on this whole repetition of like, Sato wants to fight Miyagi. Miyagi's like, I'm not going to fight you. So Sato like keeps kind of upping the ante. He's like, okay, if you're not going to fight me, I'm going to send my nephew to destroy your garden. Number one. Number two, okay, you're not going to fight me. I'm going to send my nephew to screw up your dojo and destroy all of your well, nice mantel pieces. Well, but we're missing like a whole bunch of stuff before we're missing, that. Like, Daniel's like side quest of like Kamiko and his whole romance. I want to also... talk about the scene where he breaks the ice chunks. I also want to talk about the scene where they go dancing. Yes, that one too. But I think they break okay. the ice chunks they first. They do. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what business this is. Is. They it's a walk- bar. Is it a bar? It's a bar. Is it an arcade? Yes. It's, it's so it's a bar. Whatever you say, I'm gonna say yes to. But they're also breaking blocks of ice in this. They bar? have cockfights. <laughs> They also teach ladies how to Bobby socks be, and yeah. uh, how to how to swing dance. And they also have uh, crochet classes on Sundays. Uh, the fan dance, I think. Yeah, is sure. What Kimiko does, and she teaches. Children. I don't think. I think if they do that, it's on drag night. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's this random ass place that's just like a bunch of fucking badasses. And Kamiko's like, no, we can't go in there. Let's not go in there. It's yeah, a dangerous yeah, yeah. place. And I'm like, what? Do they sell cocaine in there? And they're just in there breaking chunks of ice. They're in there doing what an ice machine does. They're just breaking ice. And then uh, Japanese bad boy challenges Daniel. He's like, you can't break these blocks of ice. Ha ha ha. You suck. And Daniel's like, I'm not going to do it. No. <laughs> I'm going to walk away. I don't know why he's... Why is he Christopher Christopher Walken? Walken. I love it. (laughs) I'm here for it. Yeah, Jesus. No, that's John Travolta. So (laughs) he's going to walk away, but Miyagi shows up and he bets 600 bucks on Daniel. He's like, you can break six blocks of ice. And Daniel's like, why did you do that? I can't break six blocks of ice. And Miyagi's like, sure you can. And Daniel's like, well, what are you going to do? Well, I try to do this. And Miyagi's like, I'm I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that you're able to do this. Mr. Miyagi has so many great one-liners. And Pat Morita, again, like, shows shows a lot of his comic chops because again he was yes. on Taxi for a number of years yeah. he was on a bunch of episodes of MASH the guy's great at like deadpan humor yes um, and he really gets to showcase that so, so Daniel breaks all six blocks of ice and yep. they take their cash because they get double or nothing bad Japanese bad boys like no I'm not giving you the money and Sato's like you give him money now <laughs> I kill you! And the reason I'm doing that is because Sato's voice changes at the end of the movie. What happens when he goes to like a McDonald's and they get the order wrong? Right. I said two cheeseburger! <laughs> 
<laughs> he like chops the counter in half. Like, you dishonor me! I was like, fuck, dude. Okay, okay. Everything Jesus is... Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. So, so okay. Japanese bad boy's all pissed because he's lost his money. And then on money. top of that, we also... Japanese bad boy... Why is it... Yeah, Japanese bad boy gets really pissed off because Daniel catches him cheating people out of money. Yeah, so like... Because, like, the, people will bring in their... The veg- stuff that they've farmed. Their vegetables. And then they weigh it for scale to see how much it's worth and then they get paid. Right. But he actually had changed the weights on the side so that they were made of clay, not actual metal, so right. that they pay them less. Gotcha. Uh, so Daniel, like, something gets knocked over and he pulls one of the weights and he's like, wait a minute, this isn't, and he snaps it in half and then everybody's like, starts They're taking like, their stuff the fuck? back. How dare you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, why did Sato, A, not know about that and B, not punish his nephew for that? It's like Sato, like, gives the air of a businessman, but he's actually not good at business at all. Weird. I wonder if we know anybody else like that. It reminds me someone, someone. might live in the White House right now. Huh. It's kind of a cheat. Anyway. Anyway. So n- now Japanese bad boy's like doubly pissed at Daniel because like he's ruined his business. He's <laughs> he's dishonored him by breaking all this ice. <laughs> and now he's just like, so, like the antis just keep increasing. So now is when we have... interrupting cow syndrome for the rest of the fucking movie. Like, if there's a baptism, they're gonna run in and say, you dishonored me. You're gonna fight me until one of us dies. Everyone's dishonoring everyone around If you are at the grocery store (laughs) trying to find gluten-free flour, they will break in. I want Daniel to walk around with a notebook just to be like, okay, so I dishonored him here. Yeah! You dishonored this guy Like, he needs, like, line notes. (laughs) Like, oh my god. Everything is honored to these guys, and it's great. But the antis, again, keep increasing, but not before we take a nice little uh, evening date right. to uh, the 1950s swing dance Bobby Sox Hall, where, as it turns out, Daniel LaRusso is an amazing dancer. I was like, <laughs> both of us were like watching, we're like, wait a fucking second. I think Ralph Macchio is a dancer. Is a dancer. <laughs> Like, looking at his legs, and he's, like, pointing shit everywhere, and is like, he's it, spotting and shit. I'm it, like, reminded, it reminded me of, like, 90s high school movies where all of the extras you hire for the prom scene yes. are actual dancers. Right. So everyone at this high school looks like a professional dancer. Right. I'm like, did they mean to do that? Because uh, Daniel's like, oh, no, I, I don't know how to dance. I, I shouldn't be in here. And she's like, no, no, you'll be fine. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And then, and then this is amazing. He's like, he's like he's just going off and i'm like what the fuck like this guy can dance and then his justification later on he's like well my mom needed a dance partner taught me how to dance and you're like what show me that movie this is what happened to baby the swing dance this is what happened to baby after dirty dancing fuck the karate tournament i I want to see evil swing dance guy go head to head with daniel larusso and they have a swing dance off and one of them accidentally gets kicked in the head that sounds amazing that sounds awesome we're gonna call that one swing kids (laughs) that's amazing show me that movie show me that so Uh, all right so at this point then he tries to get the money back that's what it is yeah he like he like uh puts Kamiko in a chokehold. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to you're not gonna like what I'm gonna do. And then Daniel punches him in the balls and then they Well, run. to be fair though, Daniel takes a bunch of fucking sucker punches in this movie. He does. He like does. he gets he gets which I actually I feel bad saying this. I really appreciated because it seemed like, and this was my umbrage with the Karate Kid one. Mm. Is that it seemed like he learned and, you know, how to paint a fence and wax a floor. And all of a sudden he's this amazing karate, whatever. (laughs) Correct. You need to wax your floors as well. (laughs) He's this amazing karate guy who can do anything, even if he has a broken foot. But in this one, he takes so many hits and gets hurt so many times that I actually appreciated that because it's like, he still has a lot to learn. And even if you are skilled, you're still going to get hit. You're still going to get knocked down. Right. So in this, he gets hit several times. From angry interrupting cow. (laughs) Right. And in this instance, he's gotten punched several times, and the guy takes his money back and is like, well, this is my money now. And uh, yeah, he sees the opportunity and punches him straight in the junk, grabs the money, and they all run. And they run, right. So So they end up escaping to fight another day. And I think that's when these guys show up at Miyagi's house and start trashing his dojo. Yes. And then Miyagi, just like in Karate Kid Part 1, shows up and he's like, hey, cut that out. And he ends up beating up, interrupting Cal and his friends. Yeah. Again, he has a chance to kill Sato's nephew. Yep. 
but he like snaps this spear that he's pointing at him and he, he lets him walk away. Right. And then this guy's like, oh, now Miyagi's dishonored me. That's three dishonors from LaRusso and two dishonors from Miyagi. <laughs> Did you want a side of fries with that? Totaling up to five dishonors with four nuggets on the side with barbecue sauce. Yes. So it's, again, like everything is adding up and Sato, uh, everything's getting out of control. So Daniel and uh, Miyagi <laughs> decide to go back to Los Angeles because shit is getting out of control. They're like, we have to get out. But we should also preface it by saying yes. Miyagi's father dies. Right. Which leads to one of the most beautiful scenes in the movie where Miyagi is like grieving for his father. He's sitting on the beach sort of looking out at the sunset. Oh. And Daniel comes, because Daniel, his dad, Daniel's dad died when he was really young. From cancer. From cancer. And he, he goes and sit next to, next to Miyagi and he starts telling him about his dad. And Pat Morita has no lines. No. But you see he, his, he is, his eyes are just welling up with tears. Yeah. He's listening so intently to what Daniel's telling him. And you can't take your eyes off of Pat Morita no. in this movie. Like, he's like, so good at just being so still and, and just taking it in. And everything that Daniel says is so sad in, like, a very sweet high schooler voice. Yeah. It's like, you know, my dad died and I kept on feeling like there was nothing I could do and that I wasn't a good enough son for him and that I wasn't there. I should have done more, but I realized I did the very best thing that I possibly could and everything that he needed by just being there for yeah. him. And then he awkwardly like puts his arm around Pat yeah. Morita's shoulder it's, and it's awkward and it's so sweet and it's, it's so, so genuine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so genuine. Because in the first movie, Miyagi was essentially there to like guide and save Daniel because yeah. he didn't have that presence. Right. And now Daniel has an opportunity to be there for Miyagi. Right in his time of need. Yeah. Which is really touching. Like there, there's so many moments like that. In and this movie. two, there's two other revelations that we have that we skipped over. One is where Daniel or, uh, Mr. Miyagi's father takes Sato's hand and Miyagi's hand and puts them together yes. to have them like hold hands. And then he dies. Yes. So he's effectively saying like, stop this. My last wish is that you two will be friends. Bridge this gap. Yeah. 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 And then also too, we find out that, uh, Mr. Miyagi's love, she never married. Right, right. She never and she married. Never, and she never contacted him either. No. And we have this really, again, this really beautiful scene with the two of them, like, kind of walking along uh, the, the deck and everything, mm -hmm. and they're just talking about, like, why didn't you ever write or call? Oh, my God. And, and it's like... There's so much history. There's like, so you, much history. You feel the weight of all and of And, like, another point, they're doing the tea <coughs> ceremony, and it's so romantic. Oh my God, it's yeah. so sweet. And yeah. how often do you see that in movies? Like, no. for older people, older actors, yeah, yeah. to have that kind of a romance built in, like, that's not something you see a lot for actors of that age or of those roles. Maybe in, like, Grace and Frankie? I don't you know, know. Something like that. But Freaking... but but you see Pat Morita and his, his lost love sort of, like, reconnect. Now Sato is like, raised the stakes so high that I'm gonna destroy the village. I'm going to take bulldozers right. and destroy every house in this village unless you fight me. So Miyagi now can't go back to Los Angeles. He has to stay and fight in order to save the village. Yeah. Um, and in doing so, he holds on to his honor. Right. Essentially. And he gives Daniel his last will and testament. Yeah. Which is basically, you own all my stuff. Because he's willing to let Sato kill him. Right. In order to save the village. Right. And, and Daniel's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, we can just go. Right. You know, and Miyagi's like, no, like, this has to do with something bigger than that. Something bigger than me. Honor is everything. So we need to, we need to hold on to that. And so uh, Kimiko and Daniel, again, have this beautiful tea ceremony sort of mirroring Miyagi and uh, yeah. uh, Yuki's tea ceremony. Again, another scene where very few lines are said. Nothing! But the camera captures every single yeah. little detail of how uh, the woman prepares the tea. And there was, a, I know you mentioned an episode of Mozart in the Jungle yeah. where they have something similar. Every um, single move every is single, so intentional. It's detailed, it's rehearsed. Yep. Um, it has everything with uh, the, the, the Japanese culture and, and the belief that everything we do has purpose. Right. And it's, again, like more history, more culture that they fused into this movie, even though it was shot in Oahu. Uh, <laughs> because the, uh, these islands in Japan were now like all military bases and they couldn't really shoot anywhere. Right. So, uh, so it's really nice. But then a typhoon comes. Fucking out of nowhere. Blow Gabriel Blow. Like, like this. <laughs> that is the last. I was not expecting that. That yeah. came out of fucking left An field. An act of God. And so <laughs> this comes and like everyone's like, oh, get the 
fucking the bunker uh, everyone's yeah, running and throwing this World stuff yeah. and like there's this little girl up on a <laughs> who's fucking got bell duty. who's got bell duty it's her week this week <laughs> short straw so sorry she's up there banging away like crying and everyone's running in and then the sato's house right falls down which i didn't know sato lived in the village yeah me neither and and i think next door to miyagi yeah <laughs> He's like, hey, I know. neighbors. Like, I, <laughs> like, they go out to get the paper. They're like, fuck you. I don't understand. <laughs> like, and he's clearly Why? like a multimillionaire, and yet he still lives in this village? I wasn't sure. Maybe it's like his vacation home. He doesn't home. pay rent. I don't, I'm not sure. It's cheap. So the, it falls down, and his nephew runs out, and they're like, where is Sato? Sato? He's like, he's dead. And you look over. He's not dead. He's just passed out. Well, so they run over. this giant beam. Right. They run over, and they get him out. But we should there's say this giant. Miyagi chops the fuck out of this beam this giant ass wooden beam like <laughs> right. a like a five by five it's almost this master yoda moment where yoda like pulls yes. the x-wing out of the swamp and empire strikes Back. right this is miyagi's moment and i think these movies came out around the same time yeah. i don't know if this came out before empire but anyway uh miyagi chops this giant beam in half saves sato's life but even while sato's under this beam he's like ah now you come miyagi you can't now you kill me! Right. And Miyagi's like, shut the fuck up. I'm, I'm gonna here to save, save you. Life. Let's he get out of here. Half, save Sato, brings him in, and Sato like confronts his nephew. He's like, No, no, it's uh, yeah, that's Where right. the fuck were you? Right. Like, He's Miyagi like, I didn't came know. out and saved me, and you didn't save me. Like, and then and he disowns him. No, 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 not there. Not there. Not there. Oh. No, because remember, the fucking girl is still up on the post. Oh, that's right, <laughs> girl, ringing away. She's <laughs> got bell duty. She's dying. She's gonna die at any second. So Daniel's like, I'm gonna go get her. And then Sato says, like, okay, you go get her too. And he's <laughs> like, go, uh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go do that. Yeah, so, his nephew's a fucking coward. He's a fucking asshole. So yeah. Daniel runs out, he's, gets the girl, brings him back, brings her back. He's the Don Jr. of this and movie. And then that's when he disowns his nephew and right. says, you're dead to me. Yeah, like... How you dare have you? Dis- dishonored me and right. get out. And so then he runs out into the middle of the storm and we don't know what happens to him. So yeah. then he starts crying and running out yeah, in the middle of this hurricane. In the middle of a hurricane. <laughs> it's just, it was so fucking dramatic. All of this stuff with was... anything relating to interrupting Cal Honor was so massively dramatic. I'm like, you guys need to just calm down. <laughs> Journal or something. <laughs> There's talk to somebody. other ways. Talk to someone. So then the, you know, the town's kind of destroyed but they're like we'll rebuild we've done it before and sato effectively is like i you know what you're right i was being a total this is when sato's voice changes he goes instead of like miyagi he's like hey man i'm 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 super sorry sorry. i was a dick (laughs) wow and they're like hey your voice is different he's like i know Isn't it great? But Sato was like a walking stroke. Like, this yeah. guy was so stressed out. Yeah. His eyes were bugging out of his head. Yep. Fists clenched all the time. He's like, I will have my revenge. Like, he and was then, always constipated. Always. And always. then once Miyagi saves his life, he's realizing, like, oh, hey. That was kind of silly. It was kind of silly of me. Uh, Gee whiz. Jeez. And then, doesn't he, like, sign the village over to Miyagi or something like that? So, no, he, what he does is he does something where he signs it over to where it's not to Miyagi, but the village in and of itself cannot be destroyed for any property, like commercial right. property or anything like that. And I think the villagers actually own it collectively. It's yeah. like a co-op It's now. like, it's literally a village <laughs> co-op. island co-op. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> and then the cherry on top is this area over to the side like this for this castle. drum ceremony yeah. or something. It, it's, it's called a bone dance. And a I, bone I dance. Believe, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that it is a ceremony honoring the dead. It's a ceremony honoring your ancestors, so I feel like it comes after Miyagi's father's death. They wanted to have this ceremony because it's traditionally held in these ancient grounds, right. but Sada was like, no, you cannot do that! Because he use, is using it for something else. I think something. he was like selling it, yeah. or like for some kind of archaeological and now, and now dig. Sato's totally had a change of heart. He's like, yeah, of course, we'll do it there. Right. And so now everyone in the village is at this bone dance and apparently everyone got this little drum toy on admission. I don't know, when but you... we don't see them. So, uh, and so then that's where, what's her name? Kimikai uh, Kama. Uh, uh, Kimiko. Kimiko. And everyone is doing uh, the bone dance together. But They're then all Kimiko happy. has her own. Kimiko has a, so- a beautiful a solo fan dance. dance. Yes, a fan dance, which she has been practicing forever. And this is when Interrupting Cow slides in on Mulan the light wire. style. <laughs> Fucking. Yeah, slides in, starts knocking down all these Japanese lanterns, and confronts Daniel like and grabs to her a, a and fight puts to the death. a knife to her a throat. A switchblade. 
And he's like, like I'll good, kill her if you don't fight me. Like a really good 80s bad guy. And then Sato's like, um, dude, what the, what fuck, the are fuck are you doing? doing? And he's like, well, I'm dead to you, right? So what the fuck does it matter? And he's like, I mean, that's a fair, point. A fair point. I did say I'll just, that. I'll just stand I guess right here and my own honor dramatics have come back to bite me in the ass. So now Daniel has to fight uh, Interrupting Cal yes. for his honor. Right. He throws Kamiko to the ground, so now Daniel has to, like, defend himself. Um, it's a pretty even fight, but then Daniel ends up, like, losing towards the end. He's getting his ass kicked. Yeah. And then Miyagi, like, holds, holds up his up little, little drum, dumb. and they start, like, turning the drum. Because, again, Which, this is the secret to Miyagi-Do Karate. If people don't does, don't know what we're talking about, it's literally, it's a little baby drum, probably, like, the size of a, a dollar looks, pancake. It looks like a rattle. Yes. And it's got two strings With that balls. have balls on the end. Right. When you turn it to the side, the balls hit the center, and then hit the center so if you go back and forth and back and forth it goes bop 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 right and again the secret to Miyagi-Do karate is the 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 drum block or so it's, it's called it has like a name or something like that which that was another point earlier in the movie where the giant thing that came down to like grab onto the uh what was it the cargo that has the big like spear on oh, it yeah, yeah 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 and he's like one day it like swung down and I used the bone dance thing to block it <laughs> and he's like okay well what was it Daniel's like, I want to try it. And Miyagi's like, no, I don't think so. No, He's no, like, no. I want to try it. He's like, I don't think so. He's like, I want to try it. He's like, yeah, okay. Like, that yeah, was Daniel another... hits the switch himself. Like, Daniel... No, I know, but he goes up first without the, the thing on oh, it. Oh, right, right, they right. They try it, and then he does it on his own. And Which yeah. is something Miyagi actually did when he was a kid. Right. So now Daniel, Daniel is like practicing the drum technique right. on his own. Which I don't understand the drum technique. So to be the honest. drum technique, uh, I know this is a, uh, it, it's not a visual medium, but I'm going to do the best I can. All right, so I'll describe. From a stage combat sort of Ben's uh, got his hands effect. Up. So I have my hands up. All right. I take my right hand yep. like I'm about to arm wrestle you. Okay. And I take it and I cross my center of gravity. Uh -huh. I take my right hand and I cross my center of gravity to the left. Okay. So if you were punching me, I would move. Move block. the punch away from the center of gravity okay. and then block the other side. So you're you're constantly just moving your opponent's attacks out of the way. But then when he's doing it, it looks like he's just punching, interrupting Cal over and over and over right. again. Right, and I think that's where I was a little confused because Daniel asks, is there a counter punch? Uh-huh. And then Miyagi says, well, ask the drum. So I think what's happening is that he's hitting him here and right. then backhanding him. Oh! While he's doing this backhand, this backhand this backhand like maybe. he's countering all of the punches or maybe countering until there's no more punches coming and then it changes to a punch maybe maybe but at any rate anyway so daniel it's starts like, beating the shit out of yeah. interrupting cow guy and he he finally has interrupting cow guy in the same pose that miyagi had creasing at the beginning of the movie he's like live or die man honor and, and the guy's like i would rather die and daniel's like wrong and then he honks his nose just like miyagi did to crease and I think that's the end of the and movie, that's, right? That's the end of the yeah. movie. Very, very much akin to the first one, but uh, kind of fucking ends. Daniel fights for his honor. He wins the day. Miyagi uh, fights for his honor. Wins the day. It's almost like Sato, the greedy Trump-like villain, <laughs> needed karma to intervene to humble him. <laughs> Weird. But instead of being humbled, Trump just said, "Don't worry about COVID." But Sato <laughs> was like, "Hey, you know, I'm not going to destroy this village. I'm you know, not. It's, it's cool. fine. And that's it's Karate fine. Kid Part Two. Jesus." Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Shall we hop into some trivia? Um, So we have two different rounds of trivia. We do. We've got one that we have that's for our very wonderful happy couple. Yes. And then we also have actual Karate Kid 2. So let's do the Karate Kid 2 one first. Okay. Uh, so we'll, we'll do my trivia first? Yes. Okay. So let's uh, smash that trivia music. According to Martin Cove, who played John Kreese, the blood on his hands when he broke the windows was real. What? And was an onset accident. What? The footage was left in the final cut. <gasps> That's not okay. No intended. It was the 80s, you know, everyone's... Oh my god. Everyone's doing coke, it's just fine. Just don't say the decade and just say it's fine. Although set in Okinawa, the film was actually shot in Oahu, Hawaii. The island was chosen because of its similar climate to Japan, its large Okinawan population, and the convenience of shooting on U.S. soil. So oh. it was actually a pretty good idea. Yeah. And I should say there were 50 Okinawan-born Hawaiian extras. Oh. 
who actually lived in Oahu who were used in this movie. I love that. They built authentic Japanese houses Good. on that set. Good. And this, this area was privately owned by this, I think, retired physician or something like that. Named Sato. Um, named Sato, who actually <laughs> just leased part of the island to them. They're like, yeah, you can use this part for filming. Have at it. Yay! So again, they used uh, authentic um, Okinawan-born extras, and mm. they also built authentic Japanese houses, which are That's amazing. awesome. Uh, work on the Karate Kid Part 2 started 10 days after the release of Karate Kid Part 1. And the reason is, is that after, an, and um, Ralph Macchio says this after the premiere of the first Karate Kid, mm -hmm. he came out of the premiere uh -huh. and he's walking with the writers and the producers back to their car. But as he's looking across the parking lot, there are kids doing the crane move uh -huh. all over the place. Uh -huh. And the producer puts his arm around his shoulder. He's like, we're probably going to make a few more of this. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay. So, uh, yeah, so they, they uh, started uh, writing this like 10 days after the first one. Actually earned more box office than the first Karate Kid. Elizabeth Shue resumed her studies at Harvard shortly after filming the first movie, ending her involvement with the series. She was to have a minor role where she and Daniel were to break up before she travels to Europe for the summer, but the writers scrapped it. Daniel mentions her briefly in the scene with Miyagi, but other than that, so she's not mentioned at all in this movie. Well, actually, she's mentioned a little bit. A little she, bit. She doesn't show up. Right. Um, we should say she is, again, referenced a lot in Cobra Kai. Yes. And that's all we'll say. Uh, the opening scenes, Daniel in the shower and the confrontation in the parking lot were in the script of the first movie, but contrary to urban legend, uh, they were never filmed. They were shot specifically for the Karate Kid Part 2. Oh, Little tidbits. Little tidbits. Tidbits. There you go. Megan. So there were six different trivia questions that I asked both Micah and Evan. Okay. Now, I told them both that I was asking them the same questions. I didn't. Oh, okay. So I asked them, some of them were the same, but some of them are different. Okay. So we're going to go through both of them. I know that number one is the same for each. So for Evan and Micah, I asked them both, what's one thing your spouse does that you think is silly but cute? Okay. <laughs> so what did Micah say? Number one, he changes his breathing to match the office opening theme. <laughs> Inhaling and exhaling in time. <laughs> so what would that be like? <sighs> <laughs> Evan said of Micah, I think it's adorable that when she rips ass, she yells Yahtzee. <laughs> Even when she's absolutely exha exhausted, I think that's adorable. Uh, number two. What did I put for yours for number two? Uh, how did you meet? Ooh, what was that? Uh, Micah's answer was, we met online on OkCupid. Oh! So it can happen. It can happen. And then for this one, I asked Evan, what did you do for your first date? Hmm. She invited me over to her apartment and made Dutch pancakes. Aww. She also provided me with so much coffee, I almost cried. <laughs> I brought her sunflowers, which are her favorite flower. Aw, that's awesome. Uh, number three, I know we had the same for this one. So what was that question? What's something you see in your spouse that you wish they knew about themselves? What did Micah say? She said that he is enough and he is, that, that he is enough as he is. And there's nothing about him I don't adore. Oh, That's great. And then for Micah, Evan said how valuable she is. All her life, she's been told that she's somehow a waste of space, but that's not the case. She's vibrant, energetic, thoughtful, witty, and 1,000% enough. And besides, have you looked into her ocean blue eyes? Honestly, if that doesn't make you believe in love, I don't know what will. <laughs> uh, number four, <coughs> who made the first move? Um, I think see. I said something different for yours, or did I? Uh, yeah, how did Evan propose? Oh, okay, so Evan made the first move. Okay. <laughs> said I kissed her on the first date. <laughs> what was the proposal one? Um, how did Evan propo uh, propose? Uh, she said during an episode of House Hunters at 1 a.m. <laughs> Perfect. Is that like your secret? That's amazing. Your secret. I proposal. mean, it would need to be comedians watching House Hunters <laughs> at one a.m. and right. then it would be perfect. Right. I uh, said five was what's her favorite food. Correct. Okay. And she replied, uh, "What's his favorite food?" She said, "Mac and cheese or pizza or wings." Okay. <laughs> Micah's is soup. <laughs> Any kind of soup. Just soup. She okay. loves soup. Uh, number six. Which would, this is my favorite. Which would he rock? Absurdly angry improv or meteorologist forecasting the rapture? <laughs> and Micah says, oh, absolutely the absurdly angry, angry improv. improv. For number six, I said, which would she rock? Fake tap dancing or air guitar? 
and he said fake tap dancing. She's really into the shoulder rolls and likes <laughs> getting jiggy with it. Na 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 na. Like the song from Will Smith. Mm-hmm. You're welcome for the throwback. You're welcome. So we've got angry, absurdly angry improvers <laughs> and fake tap dancers. Sort of like Sato in this movie, where he's just absurdly angry, absurdly about angry honor. all the time. <laughs> but you know, Sato doing improv. <laughs> yes, and <laughs> like wow, this guy's really loud yes megan would you recommend karate kid part two here's the thing i would i would absolutely recommend it the way that you're saying it should be watched which is back to back here's the thing that's a really long ass time to be sitting down it's true shorter than watching both godfathers so then i would say back to back as in watch the first one on a saturday watch the second one on sunday yeah maybe i'm not saying like you have to like watch straight through but no but you definitely should watch if you have four hours i think you should watch them if you have four hours because even in a pandemic i don't just have four hours i think one complements the other in in my opinion i feel like uh this story especially just just lifts everything about the first one we get so much history about Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. Uh, there's so much detail and respect given to Japanese culture in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not a complete change of pace, uh, except for it focuses more on Miyagi's story. But yeah. Daniel is also developing and learning as well. I would say it's just it's not necessarily a change of pace. It's more a change of the filter of what the focus is. Sure. Because the same it does have a very similar fucking interrupting cow aside. It does have the same <laughs> kind of pace. I think there's a little bit more action as it were in the first one. But then I take that back because there's just as much action with fucking ice chops and uh, bone dances. <laughs> so like. I think it's just the filter is different. The filter is focused on what makes you who you are and what decisions you make, It whether it be to live life angry, mm. live life trying to find justice. When you're actually not really looking for justice, you're trying to find... Um, it's not justice. What's the word? It's like getting even or Balance. justification versus justice. Yeah. I don't know. When it's like you can let things revenge. Revenge. Yeah. You're looking for revenge, not justice. Right. Those are two very different when things. When in reality we we have the choice. Absolutely. I'm reading a great book uh called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh-huh. And the chapter I'm on is the proactive versus reactive personality. The reactive is the person that that gets on board and is all about, oh, the reason I am the way I am is because uh, society or because of my parents or because uh, my brother was mean to me or this happened or whatever. Those things do uh, have an effect on us, of course, but we always have to remember that we have a choice as to how we deal with those moments in life. And I feel like uh, the the proactive is always looking for uh, the the way to turn this into into something positive into something good. The reactive is the person who holds on and just carries that. When all you you can choose to just set it down. So funnily enough, <laughs> I am reading a great book called The Inner Engineering: A Yogi's Guide to Joy. Mm-hmm. We're I'm literally reading about the exact same thing. Are you really? I'm not even joking. That's amazing. It's and it's called responsibility or reactivity. Okay. And it's okay. the same thing where it's like you can say that you go through some horrible trauma in your life or something happens to you that's really horrible. You can use that as a way to keep yourself down, as mm. a way to justify that, you know, life that is you're the horrible, victim. that you're the victim. Yes. And to be fair, as somebody that has experienced something very traumatic in my life, yeah. I think it's totally normal for that to take a part of your life for a certain amount of time, but it's your decision to either let that continue or to take responsibility, which that's the other part. Correct. To make responsibility means that you just see something and decide to do something about it. What you decide to do is up to you, whether that be responding in anger, in joy, in comfort. And so your responsibility is on you. You can just let things happen. You can react to stuff as it happens. Well, I guess it's not react and responsibility. I can't remember the exact terminology, but it's something very similar to what you're talking about. And we see that the difference between how Miyagi treats it. He's like, I'm going to leave to hold on to my honor. Yeah. And And to protect the people I love. And to protect the woman I love. But Sato holds on to his revenge. Right. And it just poisons him from the inside out. Yep. And then, so we, you get to see both sides. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm reading about. That's so funny. I, 
I love that. Yeah. Every single episode, we have something <laughs> like this where it's just like something little nugget yeah, that comes out. Yeah, like the universe. What about you, Ben? Would you me. recommend this movie? <laughs> Fuck yeah, I, I knew would. You would. Yes. Fuck yes, okay. I would. I, I almost want to watch part three. Just I to do get into too, the absurdity of what part three is. I feel is. like I, I would get angry about it. Okay. And I, I highly also recommend that you watch... Uh, I, I recommend you watch these two movies first, and then you watch the first two seasons of Cobra Kai. I mean, if you watch Cobra Kai without having watched these, you'll be okay. I think so. Like, it's like one of those things where you could pick it up and then be interested to go back and watch the other movies. Exactly. I think you would watch Cobra Kai and be like, well, now I have to go back and watch The Karate Kid. Exactly. I think it, it would serve you best to, to watch these two movies first. Yeah. And maybe even the third, because the third one is referenced as well. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I feel like it just lifts the experience of what uh, Sony and Netflix, uh, th the stories that they're trying to tell now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, again, you get so much history. There's so much appreciation. You just dive much deeper into the characters, Mr. Miyagi especially. Yeah. Um, it's a change of pace, a change of, a change of scenery, and it it just lifts the whole first story to me and just kind of connects them in a really unique way. Yeah. Um, and it's a great 80s movie. It is. Look at 1986. The, this this movie's... It uh, holds up, too. And it, it does. It totally holds it's up. It's very entertaining. Like, totally it's one of these movies where you don't even check your watch. It's, nope. It's fantastic. So, so, yes. uh, so that's this week. Uh, our next episode. Our next episode. We got a special. So I'm really stoked for this episode. We got episode a surprise. Because we're doing a tandem episode with Thicket and Thistle. Yes. So Thicket and Thistle Productions is a company in uh, New York. I actually did a show with them called The Waterman. Mm -hmm. and off-Broadway show. Mm -hmm. um, they do some of the most inventive and charming shows I think I have ever seen. Mm -hmm. So during the pandemic, they've translated a bunch of their work into a podcast format, where for right now, what they're doing is they're watching movie musicals mm -hmm. and reviewing them. Mm -hmm. So we are watching Burlesque. Burlesque. God damn it. Which I'm so so excited I for. I both don't want to watch this and I do want to watch this. So our next episode is going to be a shared episode with them. Yes. So we'll be reviewing uh, with Jonathan and, and Josh, Josh on next, Monday. On Monday we'll yes. be doing the review. So that will be coming out uh, for our next episode. Yes. So enjoy S this and then we take a hard left into, into Christina Aguilera into and Cher and Stanley Tucci and Alan Cumming. Ah. Uh. And the guy from New Girl. And the guy from <laughs> Dr. Sam. Dr. Sam fucking, from New Girl. Oh my god, I can't. Uh, On a scale of one to even, I can't. We're excited to uh, dig into this dumpster fire of a musical with a different podcast and also very good friends of ours. Very good love friends and adore. of ours. Yes. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Again, be sure to like and subscribe, share. Give us a review if you can. Please do. Um, and go watch uh, the first two Karate Kid movies. Watch Cobra Kai on Netflix. Uh, season 3 drops in January, I yes. think. And then in the interim, stay safe, wear a mask. Wear a mask. Register to vote. Register to vote. And, and vote. more importantly, vote. Get Please out there. Vote. This is not, this election is not a, a, uh, uh, this election <laughs> is not a, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking Benjamin, for? Benjamin, what? This, uh, what's the word? I need the word. Okay. This is not the selection. We'll cut this. The selection. No, we is should not leave this in. A a uh, a judgment on Donald Trump. It's almost a judgment on us because oh. we ultimately have the choice of where we want to steer this country, and we need to remember that we have the choice to vote people out who are useless, who take advantage, and completely abuse their power. WWMD. What would Miyagi do? Exactly. Okay. He would move to Los Angeles. Yes, that would. <laughs> We're moving to Los Angeles. We're doing it, babe. Uh, thanks, guys. And we will uh, see you next week for Burlesque. Bye. Bye.